This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramdas. After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nick Turn and Duncan Trussell. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now. I'm Raghu Marcus. And um, this is a continuation, in a way, of uh, the last podcast, which was a Ramdas talk about Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And uh, in that podcast, uh, I just want to mention one thing because this is really cool. Boy, the way that this works with uh, interaction with between myself doing these podcasts and, of course, Ramdas and then people that are listening. So we got uh, a comment um, on the podcast, which uh, I believe her name was Nancy. And thank you very much, Nancy. If you're going to listen, if you are listening to this, um, Nancy gave us a link to the actual to a video of the talk that uh, that Ramdas and others of us attended uh, that we attended in uh, a tale of the tiger which is not called that anymore in Vermont in uh, Dharma Choling I think it's called now I may be wrong uh, but uh, it was the talk that Ramdas referred to in the uh, in the talk that he gave that I that I uh, played on the podcast, in which he talked about being uh, brought up to the to the front of the uh, room with Rinpoche and with Trungpa, and uh, audience asked some questions. It was a talk about uh, uh, Carlos Castaneda's book uh, about Don Juan. And, 
it is so Ramdas, you know, commented about this whole thing and uh there's an actual video of it. I was like blown away. I'm so thankful that that exists. It's kind of a little bit grainy black and white thing, but you you absolutely can see the interaction and uh, and of course, uh, you know, hear the interplay uh between the two of them. You must watch it. So just go to uh to the uh, ramdas.org, go to the uh, podcast section. There it's uh, you can get it in different ways. Just right I think it's still up there right now. Um uh, just go to the podcast section and go to the Trungpa podcast, uh which will you'll see that comment and there'll be a link. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, fascinating stuff. I mean, it's from 1973. Um, and I th- believe it's uh, the link is to all of the all of the uh, videos. And I think it's the third video that has Ramdas in it. So uh, I had promised uh, last time, because I also found a um, it was a, an old cassette, and you know, we had it digitized, and it's Ramdas interviewing uh, Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche uh, at, uh, at something called the Dharma Festival at, in that year, I believe it was that year, 73. And uh, it's not very long, but it's, again, you get a real feeling for who Trungpa was and uh, the interplay uh, that he had with Ramdas. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, especially uh, the tried and true blue Buddhists um, around that time, because, uh, you know, they, they, let's say they didn't have the highest respect for those of us that came from the Bhakti Hindu tradition, had been in India and just had come back from being with Maharaji at that time. And, and of course, Trungpa played with Ramdas and uh, certainly called him uh, one of the light and lovers. <laughs> That's what he had a term for us: light and love. But he did uh, he did so in a, in a way. Uh, yeah, I mean, he played. He played with everybody, so uh, it wasn't unusual. But he had a real affection for Ramdas and for others of us, and I think he he truly honored. Um, who Maharaji is, and uh, so there, there was you know, there's a lot of uh, back and forth play around that whole uh, idea that you can actually see in this uh, again in this video from way back when. But this is a beautiful little interview, and um, again, it's it's not that long. But I I just wanted to. Uh, because I had promised to play this thing, and I don't want to go on and on. I mean, I actually I didn't get a lot of bad feedback around this. Uh, I did get some negative feedback about uh, Trungpa and the fact that uh, I was holding him in such high regard, and so does Ramdas, by the way. Um, absolutely, um, think we both think that he certainly was one of the finest teachers. Um, that had come from the East, um, although very, very unpredictable, enigmatic, and um, not for everybody. Definitely not for everybody. So, um, by the way, we're just back from uh, a retreat 
that Ramdas did with Roshi Joan Halifax, who is someone else I want to introduce uh, in these uh, podcasts, uh, who's got a tremendous amount of wisdom and is also uh, a bit of an enigmatic teacher, a wonderful teacher. She's got the Upaya Institute out in New Mexico, Santa Fe. So, um, I just, uh, we have some great uh, footage from that retreat. I think if you go to Ramdas, not I think, I know, if you go to ramdas.org, you can navigate to that footage, um, which we have put up uh, on YouTube. Uh, but uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful material there. So I urge you to uh, to uh, find it. Uh, you can write to us at info at ramdas.org if you're looking for anything that you can't find. And I'll make sure that the right person gets back to you. And um, thanks for the support. We we appreciate um, all of the feedback that we do get and just want to encourage people to continue. I mean, we love that feedback and, and uh, all of uh, the letters we get. Ramdas uh, looks as, at as many as possible and I answer as many as possible as well. And, uh, and also uh, any kind of financial support is well appreciated. Uh, that's the only way these podcasts, uh, everything that happens at ramdas.org, the retreats, the videos, and all of it. And we have some wonderful stuff upcoming that I'll talk about next time. Meanwhile, here is Ramdas, here and now, and uh, an interview with Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stop for a moment and think about something that you really need to get off your chest. It could be frustration with your job or a coworker. It could be fear or uncertainty about the future. It could be a secret that you've been hiding for years. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Speaking with a therapist on a regular basis is also a great way to improve your communication skills, learn to resolve conflict, increase your self-awareness and self-esteem, develop positive coping strategies, build stronger relationships, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, plus switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramdas. Morning. Uh, my name is Ramdas, uh, formerly Richard Alpert from Newton. Uh, I, like you, am on a journey of consciousness, a journey of the spirit. And uh, my journey thus far has taken me through academia and psychology and my teaching at Harvard. Work with Tim Leary and psychedelics, and then to the East into yoga and meditation. 
And in the course of the journey, I have uh, sought out and been graced to receive a number of teachings. And in fact, I am, wherever I am in the world, very attuned to the teachings that are available. Uh, today, uh, I am in a very interesting position of having the opportunity to share with you uh, one of the sources of the teachings that I'm receiving. Uh, and here in America now, more and more of the beings who have teachings to share with us are uh, starting to settle and to create a stable base for the transmission of the Dharma. Um, today, we um, are going to explore some of the Tibetan traditions and do that through uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, who um, has come to the United States, has center in uh, Scotland and in the United States. Um, has come to the United States originally from Tibet and has centers throughout this country now and is uh, in my uh, estimation although I don't know from which place I'm judging but is perhaps uh, the most conscious being in the West that I know of at the moment uh, it awes me uh, to be uh, uh, in his presence uh, at the same moment, I don't take my awe too seriously uh, because it's also kind of fun. Um, Trungpa um, comes out of a lineage, and that concept of lineage is not, uh, spiritual lineage, is not too familiar in the West. And uh, maybe you might start out by sharing some way for the Westerners to understand the meaning of lineage to that tradition. I think uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the sense of continuity in the spiritual practice uh, is uh, very important to understand. That is to say, continuity in the sense of uh, there is a living uh, awareness has been transmitted through generations to generations. So that the present teacher or the present holder of the lineage does not become entirely superstar himself or herself. And uh, that person is fed by the, the development of um, enlightened mind that has been uh, possessed by it, so to speak. So I think the idea of lineage is extremely important that... Uh, you are merely the keeper of the tradition. Keeper of the tradition. Right. And there's a sense of uh, life and the living things transmitted without any uh, dilution or distortion at all, none whatsoever. By ego. By ego yeah. or any other desire. So. Um, cultural for the matter. And the idea is the living quality seem to have a great deal of importance. Well, uh, many of us who come out of no formal lineage, all right, in this sense, a spiritual lineage of the, I mean, I 
may come out of a spiritual lineage, but it's, I'm not conscious of it at this moment, still experience the spirit and then seek out this, uh, the training which leads us to also feel ourselves to be vehicles, even though not of a formal lineage. So what's the, the nature of the formal quality of it? I think that there is a definite sense of that, uh, almost that you are completely um, soaked mm. or possessed, whatever you call it, the, uh, um, the power and, uh, and the sense of a real confident of a fundamental being extremely sane mm. and precisely clear. In other words, any meditative experience that you experience maybe through books or have occasional information from uh, some teachers, but when a person becomes completely into the lineage, that teaching becomes a personal thing rather than uh, external entity coming into you even. It's sort of uh, rediscovering yourself. Which is the lineage. Again. Yeah. Again. Mm. Right. Which is the uh, lineage, in fact. In the sense that you, being a tuku, are um, are a are rediscovering who you've been over these series of incarnations. Not in the form of the incarnation, but in the essence of it. And that's the there, yeah, there is a, some sense of. Uh, that you are really alive mm. in all sense of the word, spiritually and everything. Mm. One of the um, tasks that um, Trumpa uh, is undertaking in the United States is um, the building of a very firm and strong foundation for a living Buddhism in America as a tradition. And uh, one of the ta uh, projects is a, a film on Milarepa. Uh, one of many projects, Trump is working with mental patients, and he's working with meditation centers, and with a uh, uh, variety of training programs. And, uh, Perhaps the Milarepa linkage is to make real the matter of lineage. And what is the teaching of Milarepa that comes through the lineage then? I think one of the uh, characteristics of Milarepa is uh, uh, there is uh, a very strong and a definite approach to the discipline in which that uh, one has to surrender oneself completely, including the sense of achievement, attainment, out of which the uh, a notion of uh, devotion arises. And uh, the Milarepa's lineage is known as the, uh, uh, the practicing lineage, the which is the practicing lineage. Um, in Tibetan Buddhism generally, general, there is uh, two types of traditions. One is the, the, the system of the pundits, the scholars, are also practitioners, but the means are being a scholastic approach. And the other one is being the Ikusulu approach, which is the, uh, the part of the yoga kind of uh, 
intellect involvement with the teaching and through that the one develops also intellectual understanding as well at the same time. So Malarepa is extremely outstanding from that point of view that uh, he's the uh, first person in Tibet in the 10th century who actually introduced the very idea for solitude and the very idea for surrendering, opening, giving, and developing the idea for uh, devotion and identification with the lineage. So, therefore, that Malarepa's uh, uh, life has become uh, one of the prominent uh, examples in uh, not only in the Tibetan Buddhism alone, but in the spiritual practice in general. And um, I think some of the Tankas shows that there's uh, fragments of his uh, struggle at the beginning of his stage of his life. When he was in training, black magic, black when he magic and when he had to surround that yeah. and uh, surrender that. He developed green nettle fur all over his body. Something like that, yes. Uh, and in the cave. In the cave. Yeah. And uh, being constantly tested by his goal. Mm. And uh, finally, uh, attaining enlightenment in one lifetime. That seemed to be the, uh, That's the statement. statement. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by attaining enlightenment in one lifetime? That, even that he got into that whole business is already the product of uh, an infinite number of lifetimes, or at least a finite number. Which one, the... The fact that he was even aware that there was a task to do, or that, he was, that yearning had risen to the surface at all. Uh, the uh, preparation and inspiration towards enlightenment is uh, ever can be experienced by somebody who had very definite ideas in the case of Malarepa that he was a black magician and completely accomplished the whole thing. Mm. And that kind of uh, force or wind that you catch. Right. And then or being somebody, or being somebody definitely, yeah. and then that conviction yeah. goes on, yeah. almost like businessmen. Yeah. But on the, on the way, somebody loses that uh, speed, so to speak, yeah. and that causes him to achieve enlightenment this lifetime. Right. So you need that impetus of definitely, uh, yeah. having been cast into somebodyness to end up being nobodyness or somebody. Yeah. That kind of. Uh, that still doesn't answer the question of how that all came to be. In other words, Milarepa is still running off a whole sequence of lifetimes. Hmm? And after his attainment, no, before. before his attainment, like I think that is also uh, spiritually planted that his that particular life that he had such a extremely difficult childhood was also caused with the previous speed of his past lifetime. Right, that's the key. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Because yeah. like Ramana Maharshi in the Hindu tradition, uh, you know, he's 17 years old, he's done no sadhana, nothing at all. And uh, he goes, starts, just goes off to Arunachala and sits in a cave and just goes through the whole thing. And nine months later, he's, uh, he's a very uh, uh, conscious being. I think there are different types of people. There some people who have extreme bad luck, so to speak, with the life. Yeah. And some people had relatively prepared 
and some people are hardly need to be prepared. That's the different types of uh, of uh, evolution of ego, yeah. the different intensities. Um, in our conversations, uh, we had up in Vermont a while back. Um, we had this interesting dialogue where you said to me, uh, you have to accept responsibility. And I said to you, it's not my responsibility, it's uh, my guru's responsibility or God's responsibility. And we got into this uh, little dialogue about that, which was in relation to Don Juan and things like that at the time. But it comes back here again to when you talk about the lineage as, after all, you're merely a middleman for it, in a sense. And so the question of where the responsibility lies is an interesting one. I think the, the responsibility is definitely lies on the vehicle which carries the uh, precious uh, thing in it. Right. You know, if a vehicle breaks, then you lost the container. You don't think the precious thing in it controls the vehicle fully? Well, the precious thing is like a, a, a paint. Need water to put in to actualize it. Yeah. So the vehicle is in that case extremely important, and the that keeps the vehicle in alert, so it doesn't become a loose or, or careless and and sort of develop a blind faith that. So it's the balance between recognizing that you are the vehicle for this thing and also accepting the decision made the responsibility that's right for, uh, mm -hmm. no, that's fine mm -hmm. that's a very very delicate line to walk i think so yes yeah. yes i think that's what means uh, the vajra holder or the lineage holder is that uh, the power and authority comes from a sense of alertness mm -hmm. or wakefulness that you are carrying this precious uh, teaching mm -hmm. Therefore, you can't afford to make a mistake, and which perpetuates one's awareness development rather than a pure paranoia and sense of delight in the fact involved. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, um, in coming back to Milarepa now, what for in the Western uh, idiom now is the translation of the Milarepa story in terms of the use for, say, me at this moment? I think particularly Milarepa's life is very. Uh, applicable because that uh, uh, he's uh, where he began his early life his childhood gone through pain and frustrations and also he's gone through spiritual shopping in some sense yeah. and finally he found this and made a final commitment so there is a, a real parallel in fact, uh, much more so yeah, than Padmasambhava or, yeah. or any of the other Especially teachers. Especially all the powers he got and used and played mm -hmm. with and got that's caught right, in, yeah. like all the rest of us in the West, <laughs> who won powers. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, what's, is this going to be, a, is the film, when will the film be? Uh, I hope the film will be able to be put together sometime in next year. Mm. And uh, this collection of tankas are very rare. And 18th century painting of Melarepa's life. You tell me a delightful thing that when you went to Sweden to photograph them, that everybody that was holding them in a museum was not fully aware of their uh, the implications of them sufficiently to protect them from allowing you to photograph them, which is what uh, often is the problem about tankas, is people want to allow you to use lights and so on. I think that has something to do with the Milarepa himself wanting to come out to the West. <laughs> I don't doubt it for a moment. <laughs> If you do, <laughs> you'll be surprised yet. 
the, th the far thing is that we all, I'm sure, I, I know I do, uh, just feel part of an incredible force of opening or awakening or transmission. And uh, it's like a very huge uh, wind and I feel very much like a leaf on it and to assume the responsibility even as leafness blowing in this wind of, of uh, the unfolding of Dharma to, uh, to guide your way through it and to use skillful means in getting your own teaching uh, is quite a delicate line and uh, those of you that have ears here uh, there are beings like Trungpa here in America available to us uh, for teaching and uh, uh, when you're thirsty, you go to the well and drink. This podcast has been brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate all the support for the foundation and for Ramdas's work, and we hope that you will continue that support. You can go to Ramdas.org and click on the Donate Now button and follow the prompts. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramdas.